quick note for listeners. This podcast may contain strong language. Parents, it's up to you to decide what your kids may or may not listen to. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Favorites Podcast, an exploration of the best in music, movies, and books, according to people like you. Each of our guests share their current favorites in music, movies, or books, and discusses their answers with us, your hosts, Heidi and Jenny. Listen along as we explore personal connections to entertainment, uncover what is really behind our love of music, movies, and books, and how these mediums can deeply influence our lives. Got an idea for a question or guest that you'd like to share? Email us at thefavoritespodcast at gmail.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Favorites Podcast. This is Heidi. And this is Jenny. We have an awesome guest to talk about books today, Sarah Dixon. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so happy to be here. Yay. <laughs> we are so excited to talk with you about books today. Um, before Sarah came in, we had her fill out lots of questions, letting us know which of her favorites she'd like to talk about today. But before we get started, we want to get to know you just a little bit more. Sure. A couple Bring questions it on. for you. All right, so where were you born, and where do you live now? Well, this is rather personal. <laughs> but, um, I was born, uh, well, technically in Wichita, but I lived in Derby, Wellington, like all those little places around. Sure. And then um, now I live, I moved away for a while, and now I'm back in Wichita, so. Um, where did you move to, Sarah? Do you, do you want me to talk about Riverside? <laughs> you guys want me to talk about it? I'll tell you about it. <laughs> Uh, so I live in Riverside, which is a, um, actually I live in Midtown, which is a, uh, historic district. Uh-huh. My house is a hundred years old. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. All Wichitans are geeking um, out right now. Super, uh, super cool. Is it my old house. Uh, it's not, but I do know that at least one person has died in that house. Oh, okay. Mm. He was old. Fun fact. He was old. <laughs> Natural causes. <laughs> That's a perfect segue. So, how do you spend most of your days? Apparently, you have a job. I do. Um, <laughs> I have a job that I go to every day. <laughs> Tell us I'm more a, about it. I work downtown at the public library here in Wichita, and I absolutely love it. Um, I spend a small portion of my day like talking about books, but mostly it's all about information and making sure that people. Um, have whatever they need at any given time. So if that's mm-hmm. you know filling out a job application, if that's uh, finding a book to read, if that's helping a student with a, an assignment or something like that, um, what I do on a daily basis varies so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like to do a lot of programs. So for the adults, we're doing a game day program coming up. There's all kinds of different things always going on at your with the public library. We'll have more time for plug with you. Okay, sorry, no. Okay. Jump the gun. No wonder you're such a wealth of information. <laughs> I do uh, do have a lot of passion for what I do, and I think that um, I have a hard time toning it down sometimes. Yeah, because you're like, living a little your truth. boxy, so sure. try to keep that and, under And rightly so, yeah. So you have a very professional relationship with books. 
true. Tell us about your personal relationship with books. <laughs> when did the love affair start? Nice. <laughs> uh, pretty early. I remember riding my bicycle to the public library in Derby, which mm-hmm. at that time was like in the city council building. So it was uh, not very pretty, not super welcoming exactly, but I would ride my bicycle down and it was really fun. And mm-hmm. then, you know, ride to the corner convenience store and get candy cigarettes. Um, because you could do that back in the day. <laughs> you totally could. No big deal. Big big chew too. So it was like I was cigarettes and books. Like, isn't that it? <laughs> yeah. And it was a few years later that I started drinking coffee. So, so yes, oh, yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> Just right in line. Um, and so then uh, I took all my English classes in high school and everything. And then I was an English major in college as well, just because I really liked books and mm-hmm. um, I actually remember having some pressure from my folks wondering what I was possible what I could possibly do with an English degree mm-hmm. and I'm like ha suck it, Found it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's been a pretty like ongoing thing throughout my whole life always coming back to the books yeah awesome. yeah they're, they're just uh, they're fun they're informative I think that books change lives and um, true you know, any in any number of ways, whether it's fiction, mm-hmm. it's nonfiction, whether it's finding something like a graphic novel that uh, helps people who are maybe a little reluctant to pick up books with lots of words in them. Um, yeah, I love the words. <laughs> sometimes it, you know, True. it's very off-putting, and people Some don't people, like to do it. Okay, let me just make this point. Some people might not even know what a graphic novel is. True. Listening, will you explain what a graphic novel is? I would love to. Yes. <laughs> um, so everybody knows what a comic book is, right? Yeah. Superman, Batman, all these things. Well, that genre of comic has like exploded, mm-hmm. and now the catch-all is kind of a graphic novel. And so you will have graphic novels that are nonfiction. You will have memoirs. You will have um, novels. Uh, Ghost World, that was a movie that came out many, many years mm-hmm. ago. That started as a graphic novel. Um, I can't think of any more off the top of my head, but there are uh, huge, just the genre blew up. Yeah. And um, you could pretty much find a graphic novel for anything, uh, about anything. Yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. It's and just like a more accessible <laughs> way to take in the information. I mean, it can be. You, you're basically, you know, graphic novel, I guess I should break down even further, uh, is made up of words and pictures, and they're usually put into panes, um, like little just boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, making the, uh, the, I'm making the shape with my hand. Yeah, she's making little box shapes. Your, your listeners can't <laughs> see that, but um, imagine a window with hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. Although, funny enough, some graphic novels don't even use them, and they'll just have like some with panes and some without, and then yes. they'll have whole um, uh, whole pages that are just giant pictures and so sometimes there will be words sometimes there won't sometimes mm-hmm. there will only be words and the, you know it's everything else is dark and so it's using this mixture of uh, images and words to really get your point across and mm-hmm. tell a story and so um, sometimes the artwork is just amazing and it really brings you into the story in a way that a book without pictures uh, couldn't do. I mean, you know, we all learn to read with picture books, right? Right. And so they have just kind of grown up and blown up, and um, there's just so many different ones out there. If you want a graphic novel, come see me at the library, and I'll find <laughs> you one. We have so many. 
Oh, yeah, totally. So, obviously, thank you for that uh, graphic novel 101. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't even do it justice. I've taken um, seminars on graphic novels. Like, you can take cool classes. There was a, an online class that I was going to take with, like, Stan Lee. And what? it was um, all about just comics and the art of uh, graphic novels because yeah. they're kind of a big it's deal. Clearly, very connected to books. And the meaning behind them. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. A little. Maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> All right. So now we've talked about how your love of books started. Let's dive into your actual books. What is your favorite book of poems? Let's start with that. Now, I loved that you had two answers. You had the adult version and the kid version. So. Well, um, yes, that is true. I uh, kind of don't exactly like poetry all the time uh -huh. but I had a college professor who got really really excited about Walt Whitman and he had us read certain excerpts from uh, The Song for Myself and actually he just loved all American poets but uh, you, you are in college you think everything kind of sucks and so <laughs> he, really, he got so excited that you couldn't really help but like catch on to his excitement and then you know you're angsty well at least I was I was like super angsty in college and um song of myself is all about uh finding i mean it's all about running like frolicking naked through the meadow but it's yes, also really. yes, it <laughs> but it's also about um looking inside finding the good that's in yourself uh sharing that with those around you and that was really meaningful to me mm -hmm. and uh i i do think that since that class, I've found different quotes and different things that come from Song of Myself that have really resonated with me, that I um, I always kind of go back to it when, I'd, like, I had some time when I lived in Florida and I was kind of unhappy, and so mm -hmm. I'd pull up Walt Whitman and, you know, like... Good old Walt. He, good old Walt. And he was just <laughs> like, no, you be you, girl. Right. And I was like, I'm okay. naked in the field. And so uh, it's just one of those things where I've always gone back to him, and he's always kind of empowered me and made me feel really good about myself. Mm -hmm. I actually really agree with that. I'm not, like, poetry is not my vibe, really, um, but Walt Whitman was really... There is, he's very um, self-disclosive, but not necessarily so overt with it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, like, touches upon humanity, so you can pull yes, from it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, I believe both of you. <laughs> uh, it's yes. not very long if you haven't read it. You can actually get the whole thing online. Yeah. Um, it's in public domain. I have read your kid answer. Okay, one. there you go. <laughs> well, who doesn't love Shel Silverstein, right? I mean, like, I feel like we grew up with these books, the um, sidewalk, or the way the sidewalk in, right. uh, light in the attic. And then some of the other ones. But The Giving Tree. The Giving Tree. I mean, um, that's my heart. It's like, just, whew. I think if you ask anybody about Shel Silverstein, they'll be like, oh my gosh, yes, he made mm -hmm. poetry fun. He put words together in just kind of silly, wonderful ways that, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't even, um, I have no words except for the fact that I love You don't have to be a kid to enjoy no. Shel Silverstein. I we mean, were doing a yeah. whole fan books week thing at the library, and you know, of course, you always bring out the shell, uh -huh. and um, 
because he was banned, fun fact, for, uh, well, he had some poems that encouraged kids to break the dishes instead of wash them, huh. which we all took to heart, I think, you know, <laughs> child of that era. Um, I still break dishes today. <laughs> church groups that did not appreciate that about him and so all of his books oh and the giving tree the giving tree was banned because um what was it it was something about the tree being too something about the tree the tree gave his leaves away and he was too naked (laughs) (laughs) could have very well have been like it was something kind of ridiculous and uh, I'm trying to think of what it was you know we go through those things but Come September, I know what all of the books were banned for, but then the rest of the year I have. Yes, exactly. We'll we'll do a follow up. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Okay, so tell us about your favorite satire book. Um, so I've chosen all of the works of Christopher Buckley. I haven't actually read him all of his books. Uh, I've read two. I've read Boomsday and Supreme Courtship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both are hilarious and but they're clever. So you kind of feel smart after you've read them. So Christopher <laughs> Buckley is the son of William Buckley, the uh, super conservative guy. I don't, I don't really know. He yeah. Wikipedia him. Okay, good old, folks. Good old Bill Buckley. Okay. <laughs> William, is it William <clears throat> F? William S? Buckley? William William F. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's like super. As in Francis Buckley. Francis. Super dupes. American conservative author and commentator. Super duper. I have to tell you, when you're first talking about it, I was thinking Jeff Buckley, and you're like, super conservative. I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> 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 you song about drugs? Um. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about old Chris, though. Oh, no, Chris is the son. Chris is the uh-huh, son. And yeah. he writes somewhat, probably left-leaning, so I don't know. But maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's more middle ground. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just read them from a leftist point right. of view. But it's all about perspective. Um, it absolutely is. <laughs> so, uh, Boomsday is actually this really funny satire about um, so the Social Security crisis is happening, and there's a lot to Congress, and they can't figure out what to do. So, they uh, somebody, some senator, introduces this bill that says we will give you tax breaks now, but by the age of seventy-five, like you need to end your life, uh-huh. whether that's through age or you just have to commit suicide deal with that at that time and so people of course are just like this will never pass but maybe it'll get people finally talking and so except that it actually starts to gain traction oh my god and so they're like oh yeah totally like that makes perfect sense and so you've got people who won't admit that they're being ridiculous because they they don't want to be that group and so anyway it just goes on that from there sounds but fascinating it, uh they call it the, and so then booms day i think is the <laughs> It was just, but it's funny. Like he has right. a very interesting way of writing. And then Supreme Courtship is all about a Judge Judy-like character uh-huh. who gets appointed to the Supreme Court. Uh huh. And the, and and what ensues? Well, <laughs> like it's you have got, to read it. You oh. just have to read it. That's all I'll tell you because uh, it was. But it was. It's they're both just well written, super funny. But also like clever, so yeah. you feel a little smart when you're done. Oh I gosh. have never read anything by him, but I have to admit that when I read your answer, I was like, oh, that's something. Twinkle, he yeah. uh, he's good. I 
really enjoyed it. And I think he had a new one come out recently, but I'd have to look up and see which one that was. Am I allowed to do that? Totes. <laughs> Just in case he listens. And oh he's like, gosh. I can't believe she That's did. right. She didn't talk about my newest book. Oh my gosh, get the fur, you're the best. <laughs> 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 oh, the Relic Master. Uh, that was long. He's not out. Oh, you know what? And he also wrote "Thank You for Sm- for Not Smoking." Oh. Or "Thank oh. You for Smoking." Thank you for smoking. Uh, yes, yes, he did. Thank you for smoking. <coughs> and I thought they were gonna make one of his other movies into, or, or one What's of his other books into a movie, but I haven't seen anything come up. So anyway, he's funny. I super recommend him. Uh, really to to anybody. I think that it probably his is not super leftist. I just read it. So. <laughs> and the fact that his dad was so conservative that right. I think he kind of was trying like, to nope, break out from under that there. umbrella. And so yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. Well, we're going to go into something I really enjoy, and that's eating. <laughs> so <laughs> me too. Um, so what is your too. favorite cookbook? <laughs> so um i love vegan cookbooks um, i've been vegan for two years and i i'm usually a little hesitant to talk about it which because i think that the stereotype is that vegans want to be like i'm vegan and oh, i right. want to tell you all about my hi lifestyle. i'm sarah and i'm vegan yeah yeah right so um i don't want to come off that way but i do love vegan cookbooks I'll tell you that the best ones that I own, like I get them all through the library because I can test them out. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And then decide which ones I want to buy. Um, and that's how I've also learned about some new people. But uh, the Oh She Glows cookbook, fantastic. Mm. Oh, she glows. She's uh, Canadian. <laughs> and she actually, I, I, she had an eating disorder. And she found that through eating whole foods and plant-based diet, um, she was able to kind of overcome some of her food anxiety. And really? so, oh, anyway, very her recipes are super good and full of flavor. And I've only made one that I didn't like out of her book. Um, I'm looking at her first cookbook specifically. Her second cookbook is still very good, but I haven't found it as useful, mm-hmm. which is ironic because it's the everyday cookbook. So I guess the whole thing is for um, you people to release a cookbook and then they'll be like but this is what I eat every day and so it's the more laid back right uh, easy going vegan staples uh-huh. yeah easy going vegan easy going Angela Lydon is the name of the yes, author I don't know thank you I, her blog has actually kind of ballooned because now she's had babies and so she mm-hmm. has like some whole baby thing to her uh, whole shtick which doesn't really apply to me but um, I but still Go You're back to her cookbook. Still all the buying time. what she's selling. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. She looks very healthy and lovely. Well, I, isn't she glowing? <laughs> yes, she's absolutely oh, she glowing. Glows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she glows. Now, did you jump right in from? Did you go through a vegetarian? I did. I was a vegetarian for like eight years, mm-hmm. and um, you know that kind of evolved over time. Like at first, I was a junk food vegetarian. I was only eating the crap from the freezer section. And slowly I kind of learned how to cook on my own. And then I moved to a small town. And what better time to go vegan 
than when you have nothing <laughs> of course. to access. Yes. Uh, no convenience. Yeah, none at all. So I, um, <laughs> but I needed something to kind of mix it up and, and really propel me towards more healthy mm. eating. And so not just piling cheese on top of everything, which <laughs> it is makes everything better. Sad because I still kind of miss oh, I like cheese. cheese. I do. But it, it, cheese does not mean we don't get along super well. Well, yeah. then that, yeah, that, so that's. It, but it's all been a like, very slow kind of overtime progression. And books like The Oh She Glows Cookbook mm-hmm. um, and different blogs and different things that have really oh, with the transition. Yeah. Yeah, I was a vegetarian for almost 20 years and I <clears throat> felt the same way that I didn't want to say it because then people automatically assume it's for, you know, to to bash you. You know, like right. them. I don't like actually care. Right. I don't want to eat meat. Yes. And I'm just like, why? That doesn't Yes. <laughs> I totally understand that. It's bizarre. So it's super inconvenient, but because uh, I end up always bringing like a second meal with me to all the family mm-hmm. functions, right? Which right. is fine. I actually really like cooking now, so uh, it's totally fine. But I've I've really expanded my whole cooking horizons. Like I make things with cashews you wouldn't even believe. Oh my gosh, I love cashew sausage. Um, yeah. You can soak them down and make a cream sauce, or you can, if it's thick enough, you can do cheese flavors. Uh, with a little nutritional yeast, a little apple cider yeah, yeah, vinegar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So oh my gosh. And like a ton of garlic, which is why I smell that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, she does not smell that right now. <laughs> no. It might be a little like... <laughs> she might be warding off some vampires, but it's okay. It's okay. I just wear the smell constantly in my hair. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's really funny because I said vampires and vampires are from Transylvania and oh my God. <laughs> I'm trying to make like a really clever segue into the next question. <laughs> I, was like, I couldn't figure out where you were going with it, but that's fine. Okay, you, you keep going. I think it's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna do me uh-huh. and uh, yeah. So speaking of uh, foreign things <laughs> like garlic and vampires, <laughs> what? What is your uh, favorite? Tell us about your favorite, like international or foreign book. So I think the author I always go back to for uh, foreign. I, I I am drawn to books by, uh, and I'm totally gonna butcher his name because I don't know. Just do Maybe, it. Yeah, we can find it. But it's uh, Harumi Murakami. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote books like Kafka on the Shore, The Wind Up Bird Chronicles, those kinds of books, and they're very surreal, uh, almost poetic. Mm-hmm. Even though they're translated works, um, and I read one Q eight four, which was and he had like fifteen of them out. No, that's a lie. But he had like three out. Q eight four. It feels like fifteen. It's like three years after that book, but I still kept going back to it. And oh, um, what a good perseverer. It's, it's thick. Yeah. It's like I'm, not, I'm again. I'm making. A gesture with my it's, hands. It's at least like it's really big, like almost a soda a inches. soda can, almost. I feel what like we're being size? inappropriate. What about what about? <laughs> <laughs> Except for this is really small. It is about, inappropriate. It is about a cup thick. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> a cup thick book. Thick I'm book. thinking like American cheese slice thick. Like, can you imagine like a square of American cheese? Like right three there? quarters of an American okay, cheese. Okay, sure, slice. sure. I mean, I, from what I remember about cheese. So we'll yeah, just... exactly. 
<laughs> so it's so a good a good old thick book. <laughs> good old thick book. But um, they all tell really interesting stories about really interesting people who are always going through something weird, and they're they all have a very dreamlike quality, uh-huh. and somehow I'm drawn to that. I don't I don't really know what else to say except that they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. The writing is just really beautiful. Um, is it kind of like an epic kind of feeling? I don't think I would, I don't know. Maybe some people would say that because the books are usually really thick. Yeah. Um, but like one scene that I remember from, I think it's the Wind Up Road Chronicles, but this is one of the characters. Well, that one, the Wind Up Road Chronicles has like a guy that can talk to cats, which is weird. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> but then. And one of them, there's a guy that is end up in a well, and then he like walks through the wall of the well into a hotel room uh-huh. where he sees somebody uh, having sex, and then there's like a baseball bat. It's just like the weirdest, but very disjointed, like yeah, a dream. Right. And um, I read them years ago, so I probably don't even remember that like your interpretation now is also a dream (laughs) yeah that's exactly (laughs) right right um so it's very surreal okay yeah so i'm always fascinated with people that can read more than one book at a time or yeah yeah, so and i do it but it's mostly something like maybe fiction and non-fiction at the same time so somehow i separate the two in my head Uh um but when you said you read this over three years, you obviously read books yeah. in between. And so Stop because everything. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <this> book. <laughs> was it because it was so disjointed like that and in that way did it lend itself to being able to put it down and then pick it back up and just get right back into it? A little bit probably. I mean it's daunting. It's it's a cup thick, right? Yeah. Right. So it's an American <laughs> cheese size thick. Right. So it uh I think that that in itself is a little bit overwhelming and then I just am always, I mean, I'm a librarian, I read a lot of books, I'm always in a book club, like, there's always other things that I have to prioritize, and so mm-hmm. that was, like, my fun one. That was the one that I did for me. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Um, book for me. I like yeah. That. But he's wrote a bunch of other things that have come out since then, and I, I just, I haven't quite gotten back to him. Um, You'll have your time. You know, but the most, the most <laughs> recent foreign book that I read, I did not include it in my questionnaire, um, was The Vegetarian. Uh, it's by a South Korean author. Han King, I want to say. We'll that see about up? that. Look it up. <laughs> um, which I picked it up, obviously, because it was like, oh, vegetarian. Oh, it's getting a lot of accolades. Like, it's South Korean. I dig it. You were right, Han King. Okay. Great. Um, yes. Waiting. Waiting brain. That's that pretty vegan brain. <laughs> it's all the vegan. That's right. The lentils are just like keeping my brain. <laughs> Running on lentils. <laughs> Black beans. It's, it's, a, it's a real stinky situation. <laughs> oh my god. Moving past the smell now. The vegetarian. <laughs> the vegetarian. So again, very like surreal, dreamlike, but it's all about this woman who gives up eating meat. After she has this dream. And you never really find out what the dream is. But all of a sudden, she decides she's not going to eat meat anymore. And then her husband, who's kind of a dick, is like trying to get her to eat meat. Her dad's like shoving meat in her face. Whoa. And uh, they're like, you will eat this meat. And she's like, no, like I don't want to do it. 
But she doesn't actually say that. She just kind of, like, stays quiet. She kind of, like, folds in on herself. And uh, I won't tell you how it ends because I honestly don't know that I understand what happened to the <laughs> end. But she she gets more and more quiet. She um, she finally leaves her. Oh, never mind. <gasps> never mind. Never mind. Uh oh, spoiler, <laughs> alert. spoiler <laughs> alert. But she kind of like goes out on her own. Uh huh. And um, nice never and ambiguous. Good job. never eats the meat again. Um, but kind of stops eating altogether. <laughs> like oh. So it's it becomes this. And the meat is an allegory for something, and like, just honestly, I have no idea what this book was about. <laughs> but it was super cool and interesting at the same time, yeah. And very visceral, but also very dreamlike. And so, um, it's not very long. It is probably 150 pages, uh, so pretty quick read. I don't even think the words fill up the whole page. Yeah. So it's so interesting to hear, though. You know that. It's a concept or some kind of some kind of encapsulation of a feeling or a theme or something that we don't really have words to describe yeah. <laughs> it, but the story tells tells what the feeling is in a way. I just am always fascinated by the way that authors can write around to help you feel something Absolutely. without even being able to describe it. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. And I'm a very, like, cut and dry, like, I would, I like all of these surreal books, except for some reason. But I do, I, I'm not very good at reading beneath the lines and beneath uh -huh. the layers, and um, just say it. Tell me what you right, mean, right, you know? Right. But, uh, so I don't have fancy words for things. <laughs> but I really I like these kind of books, I guess, maybe because they're so different from the way that I interpret the world that right. uh, they, maybe that's why I'm drawn to them. Look at that. Therapy oh sesh. That's right. On the podcast. I'm a, I'm a certified life coach. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I did there. <laughs> Do you see what I did? That was all you. <laughs> well, okay. So you talked about these dreamlike books. And you dream when you're a child, so that segues right into what's your favorite book from when you were a child? Oh, you <laughs> you all your transition. I'm sorry, I was taking time <laughs> soups and rest. Um, so I loved the boxcar children. Yeah, you did. Uh -huh. I don't even like have anything to say about it. It was like these four kids. They oh were super inventive. Yeah. They built the home out of a boxcar, and then. Um, they just had went on adventures. I wanted that life. Love. Me too. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want my wealthy grandfather to move a boxcar into my backyard. Like what? Uh -huh. That's right. What I want. No big deal. We just want to live the life that we lived before. <laughs> yeah. Grandpapa. <laughs> a um, simple life. A simple life in a boxcar <laughs> with no running water or heat. <laughs> no. It's not exactly I the just, most. I remember a lot of hay. Was there a lot of hay in those? <laughs> Was there? I, I, I think I she know. like made a whole table yeah. she had like a doily that she laid right. out yeah tried to make Very it precise. as homey as possible yeah. and the boys would go out and chop the wood or something I don't really remember oh man I'm very particular about like the way things are set up too I'm a very cozy type person and I think the foundation of that <laughs> is partly from the boxcar <laughs> doilies yeah like Violet. why do we why do we need doilies why do we want flowers on the table because the boxcar children did it <laughs> in the midst of all of these things going wrong in their right. life they still yeah. had doilies 
lilies and flowers. These simple little aesthetics that just made life better. <laughs> That's the, uh, the, the, what is it, Higgy? Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, like, like the Swedish. Suga or whatever. Oh, oh I totally. I, so, I, the phonetic. The coziness H- thing, right? Yeah. G G. Yeah. Yeah. Heggy. Heggy. I, we need to go call up our Swedish friends to I help us. I feel like it, it's, I don't know, Suga. You're, you're, you're talking about the art of, like, coziness, yes, though. That right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just recently learned about it. Oh. Huga. Huga. Wait. Huga. Pronounced H U E. G U H. Oh wait. Yeah. Huga. 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 Wow, that mm, yeah. Where's the accent? I look at it and see Heidi too. <laughs> it's <laughs> IKEA. That's what's got me. It's I feel like I I'm gonna celebrate Heike. Exactly. Reform refers to a form of everyday togetherness. And then once you see a word and you, in your head, make up what it sounds like, it is so difficult yeah. to change your mind. Yeah. Nope. It's going to be Heidi. Your... <laughs> yeah. It's Heidi. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I was, a, speaking of that, like I read the, in the time of butterflies, Julia Alvarez recently for this uh, training I was going to, and we had to get up in front of the whole room and talk about certain aspects of the book because it was supposed to be this whole, you know, revamp your book club kind of uh-huh. a thing. And so I got up and I was talking about um, Dee Dee and Patria and all these people. And it was, they were like, Patria and Dede. And I was like, oh gosh, it's so embarrassing. Even though like, there were accents, I probably right. would have looked it up. Right. They're based on real people. It's way easier to read, though, that way. I know. Oh, like Harry Potter. I mean, come on. Who didn't pronounce it Hermione? Like, come on. <laughs> Hermione, that's not what it looks like. <laughs> Hermione, come on. on. <laughs> that's an interesting name. Huh. What was that thing that you put up there that it quinoa? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That was cracking me up. I was yeah. like, how many people pronounced quinoa, quin- quinoa, or quinoa. like whatever, you know, before it started to become more popular? Yeah. Raise your hand, no shame. <laughs> I pretty much always called it quinoa. Oh my god, you're such a <laughs> vegan You're the frog. perfect <laughs> vegan. <laughs> That's going to be the title of your next book, right? The Perfect Vegan? Yes. <laughs> every day of my life. Perfect Vegan, every day. Oh, and I also wrote down the BFG, oh, yeah. obviously. Uh, a very wonderful book. My favorite of the uh, Rosal collection. Oh, yeah. Um, all about the big friendly giant who goes and saves the little dwarf and Sophie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I thought his cucumbers were really funny and, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever, it's like kids Fart stuff. jokes, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I still think they're funny, so it's fine. <laughs> okay, so we've learned that you're a vegan, we lear- we've learned that sometimes you stink and that you like fart jokes. <laughs> Like garlic and ginger constantly <laughs> up in this hair, but um, and I like fart jokes. It's fine. You're learning so much about me. I, know. I also had a bit of a therapy session earlier with the whole like right. You know, yes, just... the gateway. That's what we're trying to do here. I appreciate that. <laughs> I feel like I've really made some progress. <laughs> I'm just happy to hold this space for you. <laughs> okay, tell us about um, your favorite book that you can't put down. Um. So. I went with like my, my the last book that I read that I couldn't. That put down makes sense. Yeah, and, that, and that's a good 
a disclaimer because we ask everyone to tell us their right now yes. favorites. Favorites yeah. because it's way too hard to think of all time a lot of the time. Well, and, and most of what we've talked about has been all kind time. of all times. But uh, the last one that I couldn't put down was Eligible by Curtis Sittenfield. So she wrote a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice where, um, like, the Mr. Bingley is on The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> oh my god, that sounds so good. <laughs> but the bachelor's called the the show's called Eligible, and so then uh-huh. he moves to I don't even remember where they, I think they were in Atlanta. I want to say it was chilly, but also warm because she was lying outside, and I was like, okay, girl. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's just fun, and I absolutely love Pride and Prejudice because I'm that kind of English major, <laughs> and um, the. So anytime that there's a really good modern retelling, because I feel like people are doing it constantly. Yeah. They're trying to take these old classics. Well, yeah. where, are the, where are the new ideas? This is why we have to have like crazy, surreal fantasy books now. Yes, like, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but she actually did something uh, really great with Eligible. That's so cool. it was really fun and witty, and I just love the story anyway. And Darcy was not as uh, unapproachable, I think, as he is in the original. Uh-huh. So, because, I mean, what kind of a person would go after Mr. Darcy and the the old Mr. Darcy right, right. in the current uh, system? Right. System, that's probably not the right word. But you know Society, what I mean. Right. Society in, today, yeah, yeah. in today's, today's day and age. Yeah. Like, Lizzie would have been nope. not putting up with Mr. it. Mr. Darcy, <laughs> go suck it. Go suck it. <laughs> Delete your friend request. <laughs> you know? I'm not even going to stalk you and like, try to look at who you are mm-hmm. or if we have mutual friends. I'm going to block you. Right? And don't you try and send me a message and uh, say, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I swiped right on you. <laughs> no, wait. Swipe left. <laughs> I swiped left. I'm not going to swipe right. Maybe you, maybe you want to be a match with me, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> Been there, done that. We're going like deep cut right now. <laughs> so it doesn't get that deep. But, uh, right. It was still a fun book. It was still really good. It was awesome. good and fun. And so it's kind of silly, you know, like it's not going to change my life. Right. But. Well, hey, that's that always have to do that. You set that up perfect. So now, what exactly? Um, what is your favorite book that did change your life? Um, so I always feel a little silly talking about this. Um, I was telling Jenny and Heidi earlier that uh, after one interesting drunken wine night, <laughs> I was somebody had mentioned like the possibility of becoming a vegetarian and I pulled out the China study because <laughs> that book changed my life um, and that's how you know that I've hit a certain level of there's no going back from that but it's like um, two and a half glasses of like, wine she's going to start talking about the China study she's brought out the China study it's time to go <laughs> um, the China study is a very scientific book uh, that uh, I wanted to, I didn't even double check the name but I'm pretty sure it's T. Colin Campbell uh, wrote. He is a doctor uh, who actually grew up on a dairy farm and ended up doing, there's a whole lot of science behind it, but they looked at, they, they um, isolated the protein that comes from animals, which is the protein that came from a plant, and uh, did some research on that and then looked at China where you have a mostly homogenous um, right. 
ethnicity group, whereas like in America, you right. have a giant melting pot. Real melting pot. So yeah. um, you've got people who kind of all have the same genetic makeup, right? Right. Um, and so that gave him an opportunity to look at a group of people that maybe didn't have all these other hereditary mm -hmm. issues going on behind the scenes. And so found that people who consumed animal-based protein as opposed to plant-based protein, so your people with a little bit more money who could afford the meat versus your people in the poor provinces who lived largely off of rice and vegetables, right. your people who ate the meat had a higher incidence rate of cancer, hmm. some of our most common cancers. And so he goes through all of this science and he really, um, um, guys, disclaimer, I get that it's really dorky to talk about. <laughs> Dweeb. <laughs> but he talks all good about <laughs> how uh, living a whole foods, plant-based lifestyle can um, prevent and reverse diseases like heart disease, even cancer, diabetes, mm -hmm. all of these things that are major killers in the U.S. He said that we have the we pay more for healthcare and we have the worst healthcare system than any other industrialized country in the world. Yeah. And some of his numbers were mind-boggling. There's people who, okay, admittedly have poked holes in some of his science, um, but he studied enough different things and had simultaneous studies going on that he studied this group of people in China for, I think, what amounted to 27 years. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So he did a longitudinal study, which had never been done before, and um, anyway, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling uh, that we have all of this science and research that shows us how diet really affects health mm -hmm. much more than we give credit to here in this country and um, that's my soapbox and I'm going to step down from it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to ask you to step back. You got to give me a few more glasses of wine <laughs> and then I'll just, you won't be able to shut me up. But um, So yeah. that was the foundation for becoming a vegan yeah. and... What about that information and the way it was presented do you think connected with you the most? Um, so it's very, very scientific, and that mm -hmm. was hard to get through. But I kind of, when I was reading it, treated it like it was a college class or something where you had required reading. Mm -hmm. So I would read one chapter every week. That was my goal. Cool. And so yeah. I kind of slowly worked my way through it that way because it was very dry. It was not pleasant to read sometimes. Um, but as somebody who was just kind of going through that transition and still finding it very difficult to give up cheese and eggs, it kind of, because he did say that, uh, now granted when he's talking about the animal protein, he's talking mostly about meat, Yeah. but there are the same, the same protein is in still dairy. in dairy yeah. and eggs. Uh, if you want an easier digestible way of looking at this information, he was also very prominent in the Forks Over Knives documentary. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. He did that on Netflix. Hey oh, um, this is not the movies, Bridget. Well, those good books have been made into movies. No, that's awesome. But, uh, Thank if, you. Yeah. I would say that the China study is not for everybody. Now, that being said, if you go and you Google the China study truth or something like that, you're gonna find uh, something. People will be it. like, that guy's a dumbass. He doesn't know what he's talking about, and all of these different things yeah. that are coming from dietitians and different things like that. But um, he makes a pretty solid argument, and uh, I'm kind of falling under the I feel better when I eat this way, and since it's really 
gets me the only worry about. Right. Like a whole family I have to worry about. Like it works for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I try not to like push it on people. Like I said, I don't like to be that kind of vegan. I'm only slightly crazy. Uh, <laughs> so I will make you delicious food and like and show like, people what oh, it by the can way. be. Yes. Right. Yeah. Without being like, so did you know in China they mm-hmm. had? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but it did give me a solid foundation. And uh, <laughs> so that's my super cool. nerdy book that changed my life. Yeah. I can definitely envision the pivot. You know, oh, like, like you can envision like the nerdiness, oh. yeah. <laughs> the yeah. nerdy pivot. Yeah, I'm Sarah reading a chapter every single week, so compelled by the information <laughs> right. that you're like, nope, this is what this is what's happening, and I'm pretending like I'm turning in a different direction. Yeah, like yeah, uh huh, yeah, yep. totally, cool. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any questions? She's like, she's like basking in her nerd shame right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am. Okay, let's keep it nerdy even more. Tell us about everyone's <clears throat> dying to know. Yes. What is your favorite graphic novel? Yeah. Well, this is slightly less nerdy. Actually, it's quite a bit less nerdy because it's on the cutting edge. Oh, okay. Dropping it. So, um, <laughs> so hot. I think my favorite graphic novel right now um, is John Lewis's autobiography. It's a trilogy called March. Cool. And John Lewis is, of course, a senator in from Atlanta who has been involved in the civil rights movement for well, since the 60s. I mean, he marched right along with uh, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. He spoke at the March on Washington. Um, he's just been a very integral voice in that whole movement. And I think his motive for going, like his, his whole approach of going graphic novel brings this story to another group of people who maybe wouldn't normally have explored that, right? right. Or um, even like maybe they wouldn't They're not going to pick up a book yeah. on the, the civil rights movement. They wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been in their, like, in their perception at that point. Exactly. You know? yeah. um, so he keeps it uh, in a new and interesting way. And um, the I haven't read the third one yet. The <laughs> first one, I let me think about it. Does they do the sit-ins uh-huh. uh, and some of the other things, but it's more about how he kind of got his start. And then he always will have a kind of jump to the future. Uh-huh. So um, in the first one, he's talking about the sit-ins and all the different things of how he got his start. But then he's also talking with a young girl from in his Senate office uh-huh. about, you know, and, and she's a young black girl and he's an older black man. And, you know, look how far he's come. And he's always been fighting for their rights and, you know, so um, very moving and touching. And in the second one, he is, the, the future is the uh, inauguration day. Uh-huh. So he is walking out on the platform and Obama saying, yes, I, you know, I take the oath. And so no matter what you think about President Obama politically, it's still a pretty amazing awesome moment in our history when a black yeah, man was elected absolutely. president, right? So, um, but then in the second one, they also do the Freedom Bus, which I didn't really know about the Freedom Rides. Did you guys know about the Freedom Rides? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember learning that in school, and um, they probably didn't teach probably it. Probably didn't teach it. <laughs> and it's never been something that I've picked up and, like, read about. I mean, when I watched Selma, the movie, uh-huh. uh, you know, that was just mind-blowing for me because I don't remember 
ever learning about some of these kinds of things. I mean, you know, it was bad. Yeah. It was very just, it was bad. Some people were racist. Uh huh. You know, right. We've moved past that now. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get political on your podcast, promise. But, um, the, uh, and then the third one, I think there's an inaugural ball, but uh-huh. they, it leads up to the March on Selma. And so it's just beautiful. Like the imagery is beautiful. He's obviously doing the most of the writing. I mean, it's his life. And then he has worked with, I wrote the names down and I double checked the, the spelling, but the second author is Andrew Aiden uh-huh. and the illustrator is Nate Powell. And Nate Powell worked on some other things that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, he's the illustrator. And so anyway, but it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's moving. I would totally recommend it if you haven't read it. Um, because it's one, it's a great graphic novel. Yeah. Just as a maybe way to venture into that genre. I'm looking at the art now, and it, yeah, it's, it's um, really, really fabulous. It's something that I totally didn't know about, and so I'm learning some new information here. But maybe if you did know about it, it, it shows it to you in a different way. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's it's fascinating. It's great. I absolutely just um, I've fallen kind of in love with it, and. Uh, it actually just won a bunch of awards, uh-huh. and that's not why I chose it. I've been reading it. I read the first one when it first came out. I read it before it was popular. I am very <laughs> upset about reading graphic novels. Um, but it did win a bunch of American Library Association awards, and um, so it's. It, but it's really, really super good. Very cool. Yeah. I wasn't talking very much because I'm just so fascinated to hear about it. Like, I have nothing else to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, tell me more. Exactly, yeah. If you can see me, I'm sitting over here just staring at her. <laughs> it's like story time. It's like story time. <laughs> Let me tell you, you about books. Guys. wonderful guest. Yes. <laughs> okay, so this next one is your favorite book about a city or a place. So... This one is probably one of my favorite books of all time. Ooh. I know that I'm not supposed to have one. Um, and I remember actually that it was offered it by high school as one of the books that we could read for our whole like thing, and I never picked it up until years later. Mm-hmm. But I chose A Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Toole. Did you double check all of my, my authors? I did all of those based on memory when I answered this questionnaire. I know. Um, so if it's, I always wanted to say O'Toole. Um, and we will, as part of the posting, I'll put the I'll put the names in the authors. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John John Kennedy Tool is correct. Okay. Though. Yeah. I can't. I always want to put an O in front of it. Okay. Don't you uh, O? John Kennedy Tool and the Confederacy of Dunces is like Don Quixote, right? Have you ever Have you ever read it? I haven't. Not Confederacy of Dunces. No. Uh, actually, quite funny. Um, but it's also kind of tragic and sad. Uh-huh. And so it follows this guy, Ignatius J. Riley. Is it J? Is it Ignatius P. Riley? Oh my gosh! I know. I don't remember because I, I remember things in my head. Oh, I'm fascinated. And then that I you... learned that I don't remember them correctly. Okay. So so Ignatius J. Yeah, it's J. I was gonna make you like. <laughs> I knew it's either J or P because at some point I was like, I should have totally named my cat Ignatius P. Riley. Oh, because that's so cute. Yeah. He's kind of the embodiment of this guy who is a very large but a J. Uh, overweight man who lives with his mother in New Orleans. New Orleans is very much a character in this um, in this book, and it's not Bands like real life. Carnival yes. Yes. New Orleans, <laughs> like it's just everyday New Orleans, right? Um, 
so the the whole book is is about Ignatius, his mother. There's a police officer, uh, his mother's like boyfriend, and then all of the people. So the Don Quixote aspect is instead of looking for romance, he's looking for a job because uh-huh. he's this fat slob who lives in his mother's house and he's trying to write the history of the world on big chief tablets and crayons. Yes. <laughs> um, and so not a super great option. I mean, he's and he's a very learned person, but he's not very good with people. Uh, and so he goes around and looks for jobs. And so it follows his kind of exploits through all of these jobs in mm-hmm. a very Quixotean yeah. way. I, I was going to say Quixotic. I was going to say Quixotesque. Yeah. Quixotesque. Sure. Just, it's a really great read. It's funny. It's tragic. All of the characters are um, have a little bit of both. I mean, I actually had my book club read it once, and uh-huh. I was like, "This is my favorite book. It's so good." Because I just recommended it to my dad, and he loved it. And I recommended it to my brother, and he loved it. So you and were like sitting up. You're like, "I know no. this I is like, gonna be this good." This is the best book. And it won like a Pulitzer in the '70s. It was published posthumously. Like I know what's up with this book, uh-huh. and um, then my book club, no one liked it. <laughs> and they, they said that there's not really a likable character. Well, and I guess that yeah. that's true, because uh, Ignatius is kind of awful. Yeah, he's kind of the worst. But that's the whole point. Right, he's kind of the worst, much like Dante um, was the worst. But um, yes, it's funny and tragic all the same time. That's strange that they that they didn't like it for that reason. I wonder if that's how everybody feels or a lot of people feel about That when you read a book, you have there should to be someone who's likable? Yeah. Because everybody's kind of pathetic in some different <laughs> way. Like, yeah. the mother's kind of pathetic. And the so cop's it, kind of pathetic. And then so, so it made these people feel <laughs> like it wasn't uplifting. There was, no, there was no real reason to care. Yeah. yeah. No judgment on Sarah's book club who did read this. <laughs> I was like, you guys didn't like it. I got mad. <laughs> this is the best book. Well, because, yeah, you know, you, you kind of share your the piece of your heart when you tell sure. Exactly. That, and that's and what we're then, interested on this podcast. Is yeah. That, that that whole idea. And so if I can hate this us, book. You hate me. Tell me on Twitter. <laughs> or in the comments of this podcast. <laughs> Please. Everybody just lie to me and tell me that you loved it. Because <laughs> you might make me cry. Oh, don't make Sarah cry. Hashtag don't make Sarah cry. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Sarah's so good at this. This is so weird. Okay, so the next question <clears throat> that we have for you. <laughs> What's your favorite book that made you sob? Yeah. That did make Sarah cry. Okay. So there's been a lot of sad books in my life, uh-huh. um, but this one that I chose, At Risk by Alice Hoffman, uh, I was actually reading it on a plane, <laughs> and it's about a young oh. girl, she's 12, she, contra- she contracts AIDS, and this is like in the 80s, yeah. when nobody really knew much about oh, the disease, and yeah. it's like, I can't even touch you because I might get AIDS, Right. and so, um, but she's 12, she's in gymnastics, she's very smart, she's very active in school, and her whole family starts to kind of fall apart because there's no cure for AIDS. Yeah. They, I mean, she gets it from a blood transfusion. It's completely caught them off guard. And the whole town kind of turns on them a little bit. I mean, I think they feel sorry for them, but they feel sorry for them from, like, way over here. Yeah. And I remember reading it on this plane, and I'm just 
sobbing. Like the tears are rolling down. I have to move the book because it might like fall on the tray. And, and, and like I think there's even like some you know heaving, hum, heaving a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, but it was. It's it, not funny that you were crying. But it's funny that it's we've okay. all I can been laugh there. About it yeah, that's right. But it was. Oh god. It's just. It's the most heartbreaking book. I have ever read in my entire life but at the same time I totally recommend it because yeah. it was beautiful and it, it teaches you about humanity in a different way and I think it's important to read books that make us uncomfortable yeah because it opens us to a different way of thinking maybe right? yes yeah. yeah well the magic um, happens in the conflict yes in the uncomfort absolutely yes. you know, that's where yes. the transformation happens um, so we as librarians always out that reading fiction makes you a more empathetic person. Uh-huh. Um, there's research that's been done. I couldn't cite it for you, but if you ask me later, <laughs> I'll find you. She'll totally be ready to start article. off all of the but, articles. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I think that's totally true, is that you see humanity from a different point of view. Yeah. And yes. it, uh, oh my gosh, that it can be a really so beautiful cool to think thing. about. Yeah, yeah. And it helps you form your thoughts and ideas yourself, too, as well. So, was someone sitting next to you on the plane? I think so. (laughs) You're in a sobbing bubble. Awful, just sobbing, dry, like, not dry heaving, but sob heaving. Yeah. Oh, God, it was awful. (laughs) This poor girl, what is this book doing to her? I know. But if you can imagine. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. No inhibitions to just, like, let that flow through you. Yeah. I have inhibitions, and this book did not care. Like, yeah, right. Oh, yes, man. Yeah, there are times that it just will take your soul. Yeah, and that's all you have. To, you have to ride it. Ride, um, ride the soul wave. <laughs> ride it out. You just ride that soul wave out. <laughs> okay, so now we're to your favorite book from high school or college. Okay. And you picked college, correct? Yes. I did. Yes, I think so. Yes. Um, shout out Sarah and I went to the same high school (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I did you know in high school I thought I was going to be like a physical therapist or something but then that totally didn't pan out Uh, spoiler alert I failed (laughs) and then I transferred to another school and um because I lost my scholarship but it's fine you bounced back. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, totally. And look where you are now. <laughs> I was like, screw it. I'm just gonna like do it. I'm gonna be an English major because I like books. Uh-huh. And I took a whole class on Jane Austen. Like <laughs> amazing. You're like, this is something I can do. <laughs> exactly. It was so great. And I, but I loved a good classic. Like I took a whole class on um, uh, romance fiction from like the 1800s <laughs> really? it was like my favorite class and I'm I pretty sure it was really graduate level that. it was so I love good. that um he let me write this scathing article on something about like women have rights and she's awful <laughs> it was Pamela Samuel Richardson worst book I ever read Pam- Pamela by Sam Richardson oh well, we didn't ask about yeah, the worst book I know <laughs> we should have we what's, your, the fa- opposite. what's your favorite worst, worst book, book. <laughs> my, my favorite book to hate is that one yes oh meeting uh and anyway that's not what this question was about <laughs> I love Jane Austen so I think you know I totally my 
book that I couldn't put down was Eligible, which was the modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice, which is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, but I also really loved Emma. I loved um, Persuasion. I loved all of those books, except for uh, Northanger Abbey, because that book is awful. <laughs> and uh, then in Mansfield Park, oh, those were, okay, those were the two that... Yeah, not having it. Because most of her heroines, um, I feel like Jane Austen was de- definitely like an early feminist. Mm-hmm. Um, all of her heroines have, yes, they get married at the end and have a happily ever after, but they don't just take what society throws at them. They will marry for love, which was definitely not done back then. Right. right. Um, they always are very smart, and sometimes they're slow getting there, but they, they're clever. They don't just sit idly by and, you know, read silly novels, except that they do in Northanger Abbey. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can read that one. Um, but you can read the other ones. They're really good. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I just, I loved that I wanted to be some of those uh, heroines mm-hmm. from her books. I'm going to be Lindsay Bennett. I don't want to call my Mr. Darcy, which is um, not happened yet. So. Uh, hey, fellas. Plug <laughs> <laughs> time, right? No, it, it actually is plug time. I'm just kidding. I'm not plugging this. I'm not going to use your podcast for my dating site. It's right, fine. right. If you're looking for a sweet, That's what Twitter's for. For a sweet nerd who's ready to tell you about sweet books. <laughs> and who doesn't eat meat or dairy. Uh, yeah, she does think. smells like Deprecating you enough oh, here. Yeah. How can we raise you back up? Yeah. And <laughs> so tell us, uh, tell us what you want to plug for. Oh. Yeah. Um. I guess check out the library stuff. Um, we do a monthly online book club on our library Facebook page. Just yeah. go to wichitapubliclibrary.org, and um, it's actually another librarian and myself, and we just talk about a book. I mean, it's usually, it's just 20 minutes. It's 1230 over your lunch hour because we're trying to be able to catch people and it's, we're trying to make it as easy to catch as possible. Yeah, you can just sit there and eat your lunch and Sit there, eat your lunch. It's usually a book that's a little bit older that was wildly popular so that you've had a chance to probably read it because if you're on top of, you know, or refresh your memory. fiction, (laughs) welcome, you know, that way it's easy. You don't have to read something new for our book club. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless you want to, and then but in that case, go for it. Yeah. Uh, some people, I think, do watch us because then it's just a really long book talk, mm-hmm. which is fine too. But we do give spoilers because oh. we talk about the book. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, that makes sense. So, are you guys doing that's the, the third Wednesday of the month at twelve thirty? Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank Facebook. you. Facebook. Go to the library's Facebook page. Yeah. Check it yeah. out. Um, and then, are you guys going to do the pop up librarian stuff again? Um. I can't talk about that. <gasps> Spoiler alert. It's all up in the works right now. I'm like working on it. Blow your roll. Oh my God. I love it so um, much though. If, okay. So what I'm talking about is last year at like the pop-up park, uh, the librarians came out with their suitcase full of books and had them available for people to take. And if they wanted to return them, they could, or they could just keep them. Yeah. They and, were all um, provided by our friends of the library group, mm-hmm. which sells books to make money for the library. Right. That goes back to us. 
and so we would give a book away or we would just talk about different things. What's really nice about those kinds of outings is that it's a very approach. We try to be very approachable. Like mm-hmm. we, like Jenny said, we go out with a trunk full of books and we just like camp out and you can come take a selfie with us. I mean, we're just trying to be able to find a way to make the library apply to you, mm-hmm. which I think it really, I, I firmly believe that the library can be whatever you want it to be, whenever you want it to be, yeah. um, whatever you might need, we can help you with it. So right. um, just finding that sometimes is hard and people don't think of that. They think that it can be a like bunch a of books. Obstacle, yeah, yeah. So right. it's an opportunity to just get out. And I would love to do it again. Um, I am currently working on the proposal for that and so I I mean it was wildly successful right even if uh we didn't get any of the books back I'm not really sure that we did I don't think that was the point Mm -hmm. right at least it never was for us and uh it really just kind of changing people's perceptions about the library Mm -hmm. is was our was our main focus and I think that we did that yeah yeah absolutely yeah well I converted I converted back to the I did. Library. I signed you up for a library card. You did. Yeah, totally. You didn't have a library card. Well, I hadn't had one for years and years. And now it's like, oh, yeah, this is a resource. It was just not even in my frame of reference yep. for a long time. Even though I love the library and I love reading, it just wasn't even there. And now I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. I can look <laughs> at books before I will buy them and decide like, yes. if I want them in my own home library. And yes. I can read and keep a bunch of books on my nightstand and not feel guilty <laughs> like <laughs> yes 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 you can so yeah keep as many as you need to yeah as long as you bring them back on oh and then you can also rent art too at the library yes. yeah yeah you can i think that's kind of interesting i had never really seen that before yeah and uh that and people still check it out all the time they do yeah, yeah. i think that's awesome yeah i mean it's not new art Right. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> but you gotta. If you haven't been, just go to look at that. It is not new. What is that like on the third floor or something? <laughs> it's on the third floor. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yourself out a DVD and get yourself a, uh, <laughs> some art. art. Some art for your wall. <laughs> you having a party? Definitely stop by the library. Change up your whole look. Yes. Yeah. I need some new tunes. Get a playlist going from the CDs there. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess I'll just also say if you want to follow me on Twitter. My, uh, you can find me at librarian underscore Sarah. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it earlier. I was wondering if that dates me a little bit because don't people not use underscores anymore? Oh, I don't know. You look at me like, <laughs> yes. You're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't want to say anything. I think that, that underscore. I think that is... people just got too tired of saying underscore. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, librarian Sarah was already taken. I'm pretty sure. Librarian underscore Sarah. I wanted to be the vegan librarian. Oh, but that's already taken. Yeah. Don't follow the vegan librarian. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that person is very lovely. (laughs) We have lots of things in common. We're gonna get some calls. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. I didn't mean anything by that. But yeah, yeah, you can follow me there on uh, awesome Twitter. Yeah, we can keep updated on what's going on. I post about. Uh, books sometimes and vegan recipes and sometimes after a glass or two of wine I get a little <laughs> the China political. study. <laughs> the China study. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly it's about 
the state of affairs in Washington. But you know, sometimes it's also the China study. I try yeah. to keep those off the right off the Twitter. Yeah. That's, that's for IRL only. Right. <laughs> Super hey, really oh my gosh. Well. Listen to her using her accent. <laughs> <laughs> OMG, well this was so much fun. Oops. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, and thanks for, for answering yeah. all of our questions. Yes. Had a really great time. You made all of our dreams come true. Aww. And that's not hard to do, but <laughs> but we appreciate it every time. Yeah, it's still really nice to hear. All right, thanks for being here. Bye. I really enjoyed that interview a lot. Yeah, she's uh, so much fun. Yeah, she's really fascinating. I, I and I hadn't read most of her book choices. Yeah. I think I can't wait to go back and read some of them. Um, well, when I get through that big thick book, <laughs> I have to read. And then all the other ones that right. I want to. If we're going to read them all at the same time. Well, right. That's what I'll do. I will do that. So I don't know. I just thought I thought that it was very informative. I think that if somebody wanted to research any kind of literature, they should go check her out. Yeah, absolutely. And how appropriate that she's a librarian. Yes, yeah. 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 So I'm excited about that. Yeah. yeah me too. I, I think that Sarah is probably one of my favorite vegan friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All okay, right. yeah. so we're going to talk about our favorites, and I will start mine today. And I've been sick, and so my favorite thing to read has been the um, little pamphlet that comes with the antibiotics <laughs> from the pharmacy. <laughs> I told Jenny earlier that this was what I was going to say. Because I actually don't have a favorite for this week because I've pretty much been dead to the world. So that's where I'm at. What would you say about the language <laughs> in that pamphlet? It was very technical. Uh-huh, yeah. Very scientific. Which makes sense given the <laughs> given the circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> and now I'm on it, so hopefully I get better. Yeah. And so um, she might sound like a totally new person. Yes. In a week. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, that's an amazing favorite. Thank you for being honest. For sure. <laughs> um, so my favorite is also something that you read. Okay. <laughs> um, the book that I'm reading right now is called The Art of Possibility by Rosamond Stone Zander and Benjamin Zander. And it has been um, an amazing book to read about just opening up your perspective to what is possible in your life and helping to kind of um, get you out of the fishbowl that you're swimming in because once you're in a fishbowl with blue water you don't know that any other color of water exists even right and so that's just I'm not saying that everyone's in a fishbowl um, that's <laughs> I might be right now <laughs> my head is in a fishbowl your head is in a fishbowl <laughs> but yeah using that as a, you know a metaphor for how we can get out of our regular water and into different types of circumstances and possibilities in our life and what that can do for us. And I will say that since starting reading it last week, it's a library book. Um, since I started reading it last week, I have been tapping into a lot of possibilities. I mean, that is exciting. Yeah. I also think that when you have your focus on things like that, it yeah. changes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. So what's the relationship between the two authors? Because I noticed they have the same last name. They're husband and wife. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it's really neat because they, um, 
switch back and forth. There'll be kind of an intro in the chapter, and then they'll each tell different stories that apply to the concept that they're talking about. So cool. it's really nice. And yeah, yeah. I so, want to add this to my list. Let's add this one too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my favorite for the week. Okay, you guys. I can hear sirens. I don't think that you can, but um, they are going on right now. So my son, whenever he hears sirens, he always um, makes us stop and say a prayer for the people that might be in an accident. Oh, Isn't that the sweetest? That's so sweet. They taught us to do that in grade school, I, in, in Catholic grade school. He went to a Lutheran grade school, there and I'm pretty yeah. sure they taught him that there. Anyway, so sweet. It is nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's it for this week. So we will see you next week with another interview and be sure to catch us online at thefavoritespodcast.wordpress.com or if you have any ideas for a guest that we should interview or questions that we should ask, you can email us at thefavoritespodcast at gmail.com. 